Well, good evening and welcome to Skelmersdale Baptist Church. We are um, going to continue with the second part of uh, the study that we began last week uh, regarding the doctrine of the Bible. I must say that this is in no way uh, in-depth um, study at all. It's just an overview of, uh, and, uh, and an outline of, of uh, some things. And um, I pray that it will be a blessing to you. Last week we began reading our Bibles in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. And the Bible says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Then there was a second verse, Second Peter 1, 20 and 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Then we had one more, uh, two more verses, John chapter 20, verse 31. The Bible says, But these are written, that ye may believe, might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And then Luke 21, 33 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I'm just going to go through the, the, the first half that we, we managed to get through last week. And that was uh, um, the, in the introduction uh, um, which we had was um, how the Bible being such an amazing book written over a period of 1600 years by 40 different authors. Perfect unity, unified message. And one could go through this, uh, the book, this wonderful book for years and years. And um, it's always come out with a different message. And it's just an amazing book. And there's no book quite like the Bible. It's amazing. One man said in his description, This book reveals the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners and happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts binding, its histories true, its decisions unchangeable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be, it be safe, practice it to be holy. It is light to guide, food to support, comfort to cheer you the lord jesus christ is its grand theme our good is its design and the glory of god its end it should fill the memory rule the heart guide the feet what a wonderful book then we looked at some terminology where we looked at um, um, the word bible and it comes from the uh, 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 the word role or, or book uh, then we looked at the word scripture um, which is uh, uh, used in the New Testament of the sacred books of the Old Testament, and they were regarded as inspired. Then we looked at uh, um, the um, uh, the New Testament as well. Uh, the New Testament was also inspired. We looked at uh, um, uh, how Peter um, mentioned that uh, the writings of uh, Paul were um, uh, scripture as well. It's also used in the Old and New Te uh, Old and New Testaments. This we have the commandment of God that uh, none of uh, I beg your pardon, I'm, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. But we've got different uh, um, um, 
ideas of what the Word of God is. First we had the Bible, then we had the Word of God, then we had um, uh, the oracles. So uh, there, were th there were four different uh, things uh, uh, describing the Word of God. Then we had attitudes towards the Bible. Rationalism, then we had Romanism, which is the uh, uh, Roman Catholic Church. They, uh, that, uh, they say that the Bible is a product of, of the Church, therefore the Bi Bible is not the final authority. Then we looked at mysticism, that's people experiencing God beyond the bounds of Scripture, uh, and it leads uh, to darkness, not to light. Then um, we looked at neo-orthodoxy, uh, very, very dangerous uh, uh, um, uh, teachings, where they, um, they, they said the Bible is a fallible witness to the revelation of God and the Word of Jesus Christ. The Bible only becomes the Word of God when God uses it to point someone to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we saw also that um, uh, there's a, they believe in a universal salvation, that everyone is redeemed by Christ, but not all know it, which is quite a bit of craziness there that's going on. Then we have the cults. Of course, we, we spoke about um, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses and, and Joseph Smith and Ellen G. White and uh, Mary Baker Eddy of um, Christian Science, and, uh, and they uh, say that the Bible and the writings of these leaders are equally authoritative. Then we looked at orthodoxy, which is uh, which we believe. We believe the Bible alone is the sole ground of authority. Then we looked at the wonders of the Bible. Yeah, we looked at its unity, its preservation, its subject matter, its influence in the world. Then we looked at revelation. Revelation, the definition was disclosure especially God communicating his message to man. Then we looked at the means of revelation, through nature, through providential dealings, through preservation of the universe, through miracles, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the Bible. Then we looked also at inspiration, what the definition of inspiration was. Inspiration is God superintending human authors so that using their own individual personalities, they composed and recorded without error God's revelation to mankind. And there was, uh, we looked at theories of uh, inspiration. There was, um, uh, the one was natural, that there was no supernatural element involved. The Bible was written by men of great genius. And then we, s we uh, mentioned that uh, men wouldn't write it if they could and couldn't if they would. Then we looked at the conceptual um, uh, theory. They're concept, not words. They're inspired. The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Then again, we had the neo-orthodox. Human writers could only produce a record of errors. Then we looked at the uh, fallible inspiration. The Bible is inspired, but not without error. Um, then we have a verbal plenary. This is the true doctrine, and it means that the very words, verbal, the words, and all of them, plenary, which is the full and entire, they're inspired as our definition. Now the distinctives of verbal plenary inspiration. Now we're going to start, uh, this is where we left off. It extends to the actual words and the letters. It views God as superintending, not dictating. It includes inerrancy. There are no errors in the Bible. Now the proof of verbal plenary inspiration. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
So the inspiration of God. What does this word inspiration is uh, inspiration of God is theopneustos in Greek and it means God breathed. It affirms God is the author of the scripture and that scripture is the product of his creative breath. You must remember that uh, um, what the Bible says, yea, let God be true. God is true. In 2 Timothy 1.21, Bible says, again, we've read this verse, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The hell of inspiration. The word moved by the Holy Spirit. There's a Greek word moved, and it me it's 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 um it's fermenoi, and that means to be borne along, means to be carried along by the Holy Spirit. When we as believers are saved, the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the Scriptures, who bore who was the one who bore along these the 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 the, um, the writers and the prophets and uh, of of the Scriptures, he comes to dwell in us. He quickens our spirit when we were dead in trespasses and he uh, makes us alive. And because we have the author of the scriptures dwelling in us, we are able to grasp the word of God and all of its treasures. We also believe in inerrancy. The Bible is completely without error. God is the author of the scriptures. The omniscient, perfect, holy God. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is truth. There are no errors whatsoever in the word of God. Matthew 5.17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and pass, heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So even the smallest, that's why we believe that the word, not only the words, but even the letters in the Bible are inspired. We, as Scummers God Baptist Church, we believe that uh, the King James Version of the Bible is the word of God for the English-speaking people. And um, uh, we don't apologize for that in any way. We will continue to use the King James Version of the Bible. We believe that it's true and uh, that it is uh, the Word of God. Now, I'd like to look at um, uh, the next part of our lesson, and that is uh, canonicity. <coughs> I know, that's quite a word. But uh, the question of which books belong to the Bible is called the question of the canon. canon. The word canon means rule or measuring rod or a standard. And in relation to the Bible, it refers to the collection of books that pass the test of authenticity and authority. It also means that those books are our rule of life. What are the fundamental considerations? Well, the Bible is self-authenticating and church councils have recognized the authority inherent in the, words, in the books um, themselves. God guided the council so that the canon was recognized. The canon of the Old Testament. Some assert that all of the books of the Old Testament were collected and recognized by Ezra in the 5th century BC. We can say that all of the books of the Old Testament were revered and collected by 300 BC. 
<coughs> the New Testament refers to the Old Testament. In Matthew 23:35, says that at upon and that upon you may come all of the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. So we see here that. Uh, um, um, the Bible right from the start, the New Testament refers to the Old Testament from the beginning to the end because uh, we know from Abel, that's right from the beginning that Abel was killed and then the blood of Zechariah because this is mentioned in two chronicles which is in the Hebrew Bible which is the last book in the Hebrew Bible. So we see the, um, um, the Bible is, uh, um, is the New Testament referring to the Old Testament but it's all uh, uh, scripture. The Synod, <coughs> the assembly of Jamnia, uh, Jamnia in AD 90, a teaching house of rabbis who recognized the books of the Old Testament. Some questioned Esther, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Now the principles of can canonicity of the New Testament. Firstly, apostolicity. Was the book written or backed by an apostle? The content was the book of sufficient spiritual character. Universal, uh, universality was the book widely accepted by the recipients. We know that the, the, the books that we, that we have in the canon were the ones that were accepted. There were books that were rejected. Um, inspiration. Did the writing give internal inspiration, uh, evidence of inspiration? Now, the um, formation of the New Testament canon. The period of the apostles, they claimed authority for their writings. 1 Thessalonians 5.27 says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Colossians 4.16 4, says, And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So um, this epistle from Laodicea is, uh, is, is widely uh, understood to be the um, letter to the Ephesians. Post-apostolic period. All books recognized except Hebrews, 2 Peter, and 2, uh, uh, two and 3 John. And the Council of Carthage, which was 419 AD, listed all 27 books of the New Testament. The New Testament books, AD 100, all of Paul's books may have been collected by this date. AD 150, Polycarp, who was a disciple of John, quoted from two-thirds of the New Testament in the letter. In 170 AD, Irenaeus, a disciple of Polycarp, quoted from 23 of the 27 books of the New Testament. In 200 AD, by this time, all but 11 verses were quoted by more than 36,000 citations by the Church Fathers. In 367 AD, Athanasius was the first to declare all 27 books of the New Testament as Scripture. In 393 AD, the Council of Hippo recognized the 27 New Testament books as canonical. We must remember that the Bible is not an authorized collection of books but a collection of authorized books. In other words, the New Testament books were not inspired because a council in Carthage proclaimed them to be so, but the council proclaimed them to be so because they were already 
inspired. Illumination. Let's have a look at illumination. That word illumination has been supplying with light. Now in relation to the unsaved, there is a need for illumination. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And in 2 Corinthians 4.4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So they need the light of the gospel to shine the unsaved. The Holy Spirit's convicting ministry. In John 16, 7 and 11, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. In relation to the Christian, there is a need also for illumination. In 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12, the Bible says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God, or the things of, uh, of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have, not, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Holy Spirit's teach, teaching ministry in John 16, 13 through 5 says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. So we see here, the need of uh, illumination for the unsaved and uh, illumination for the Christian. I want to have a look at uh, some interpretation now. When um, people go to study uh, the, the Bible and uh, study for um, to be a pastor, they always come up against the word hermeneutics, which is the um, which is interpretation of the scriptures. Now the principle of interpretation, how do we interpret the Bible? How are we supposed to interpret it? Well, we are to interpret plainly or literally. This is simply to say that the scriptures must be read as one would read a newspaper in the normal, basic, customary, customary way. There can be a misuse of the term literal and there are two opposing and erroneous concepts of literal interpretation and the first one is letterism this exact and unyielding approach would impose an unnatural meaning on scripture for example in John 10 9 Jesus says I am the door now Jesus isn't a wooden structure with hinges and a door handle we know that 
We all understand that Jesus is saying that he is the only way to heaven and there are no other ways to heaven. We express ourselves in a similar way today. We might say to the four corners of the earth or the weatherman may say at sunset at 6 p.m. and sunrise at 5 a.m. We know that the earth doesn't have four corners nor does the sun rise or set. Now there's another one which is allegorism. Now I've had experience with, with, with this and this is the opposite of letterism. Now I remember I was, uh, when I was in, uh, uh, attending a church before a young man came from um, uh, a reformed college and um, I can't remember the exact message that he, that he um, was preaching on but he, came, he went to the book of Revelation and um, I think it was uh, chapter 11 with the two witnesses and um, we believe that the Bible says that two witnesses are coming and they will be two witnesses but he said in, in, in trying to make a point that um, the, the two witnesses are the church and um, that there are very few and the reason why there's just two because there'll be very few people very few people in the church at, at that time which is just an erroneous uh, um, um, interpretation so some sermons can do go too far and read into the Bible things that are just not there we have to be very careful the Bible needs to be interpreted literally or plainly in order for its message to be understood the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. When we read the Bible, we have to be careful not to try and be looking for hidden things, things that, we, that um, maybe nobody else has ever seen. Um, there's some things that God has not revealed to us, and then there are other things which he has revealed to us. And the Bible says that they belong to us and our children forever. Also, the word, the Bible, must be interpreted grammatically. By this we mean that scripture is to be interpreted according to the usual meaning of its English words and the normal rules of English grammar. There is no more basic principle of interpretation than this, the violation of which can only result in anarchy. The Bible must also be interpreted historically. The Bible is a historical book with a historical setting. It can only be fully understood and interpreted in the light of history. We might have some difficulties understanding some things, but that's why God gave us some pastors and teachers. However, even then we should have a Berean attitude, which what, um, what that is, um, that's when... Um, Paul went to the Berean church of the, of the people in Berea and it said that when they searched the scriptures they searched to see if what Paul was saying was so and that's what we need to do we need to ask questions if we're not sure don't let experience trump what the Bible says and, we've, I, and I know that I've heard this before I, 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 people have said I don't care what the Bible says I'm, I've, I know what I've seen and I know what I've experienced and even if it's contrary to what the Bible says. So we have to be so uh, careful. I'd like to just read something here. This is from a, uh, um, from a writing from the year 1320. And it says, uh, 
Whenever you look within this book, five things observe with care of whom it speaks and how it speaks and why and when and where. And then we have John Wycliffe. John Wycliffe said, It shall greatly help ye to understand Scripture if thou mark not only what is spoken or written, but of whom and to whom and what words at what time, where to what intent, with what circumstances, considering what goeth before and what followeth. What an amazing thing. I'm so thankful that we have this book, the greatest book ever written, and it's God's word. I'm grateful and thankful for it. I pray that, Lord, if there's anyone out there that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that um, they might uh, um, consider um, looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that, uh, um, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. And the Bible says that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried and that he rose again from the dead. What a glorious thing. If you don't know <coughs> how you can know for sure by going to heaven when you die, please get in contact with us. Um, Stomach's Love Baptist Church. We're online and, and uh, uh, our phone number's there. If you want to contact us or, or go on Facebook, just let us know and uh, we can tell you how you can know for sure about going to heaven when you die. Let's uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for tonight. We had the opportunity. I know it's short, Father, and um, uh, the lessons uh, isn't gone into great depth. But I pray that it might have had uh, just left a little of uh, knowledge of how great your word really is. And I thank you for your goodness. Pray that, Lord, you bless each one. Keep us all safe through this day, uh, through, through this rest of this week. And, Lord, I pray that as we come to worship you on Sunday, that we might have a blessed time as the word of God is preached. We love you and thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs>